You are listening to an Elam Church Christchurch podcast. We hope that you are encouraged and inspired by the message you are about to hear. And if you're ever in Christchurch, why don't you pop in and say hello? We'd love to connect. Just going to cut straight to the chase with my message title, which is called Don't Waste a Winter. Don't Waste a Winter. Uh, looking at how we choose to embrace the winter preparation seasons that God places in our lives rather than resist them. You know, I'm a, a Kiwi, Kiwi bloke. I like to think I'm something of a DIYer, and uh, it hasn't always been good at DIY. Uh, the first time I built a fence, I, I, I just marked out where I was going to dig my holes, and I dug my holes, and then I just placed my, the post holes for this fence, 20-meter long fence, just in the center of each pole. And I skipped a vital, uh, vital step, which is to run a string line from one side to the other so that when you place your posts in the hole, that they're actually straight. And so I built this fence. This fence had a number of things wrong with it, but this is just one of the things. <laughs> and, uh, and so I built this thing, and then I looked down the edge, and normally what you see is a nice straight line of a fence. What I saw was like a zigzag, left to right, down... Down the, down the thing, but fortunately for us, we sold the house, and, uh, and now I build straighter fences. So it's all good. All's well that ends well. But you know, it's something about the preparation that, that uh, seasons that we go through, which don't feel productive. You know, I'm told that there are three rules to painting, and uh, those rules are preparation, preparation, preparation. Yeah, it's all about preparation. Um, but when you're, when you're in the process of preparation, it does not feel productive. And that's a challenge for us because we attempted to skip the preparation season because it doesn't feel overly productive. Winter is a preparation season. Winter is a preparation season. Deciduous trees, trees that lose their leaves, in winter look dead. They're not fruiting. They don't have leaves. You, unless you were to go up and scratch the bark and see greenery underneath, you would not know that they are alive. But winter for a tree is a preparation season. It's a season for growth, but all of the growth is internal. Roots of a tree continue to grow in winter as long as the ground is not frozen. So for us here in Christchurch, the metaphor works because our ground doesn't freeze. Trees continue to grow their roots in winter. The heartwood continues to grow and solidify in winter in preparation for the fruit and the leaves that will come. You don't see it. It's not visible, but it is there. And so as people, uh, we struggle when a season of life comes when we can't do all of the things that we used to be able to do, it's a season of preparation, but it's a season um, that we don't like. And for you, it might be uh, when your productivity drops. It might be a season of grief or loss that has come. You used to be able to function at a high level, and, and you can't do that anymore. It's hard to admit it. 
You might find yourself be needing to focus more on your family or your own wellness uh, for a season, and that means that you can't work the late hours or you need to pull back from volunteering in some area, and it can be hard to withdraw, but it's important to embrace it and not resist it because it is a winter season. I want to share with you a bit from Scripture about what to do in winter. What to do when God has led you to the situation. You can't really explain it, but God has led you to this preparation season and you don't know quite what to do. A first thought for you is that the winter season is a test. It's a test moment. And I saw this in my own life when I quit my job in 2015 to do a ministry internship through my church. And I was quite used to being a young professional. I was used to the respect uh, that, it, that it had me. I was university trained and, and I was working in my career. I'd been teaching for seven years and, and I left my job to do a ministry internship where the salary was a nice round number, uh, just one number in fact, a zero. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, it lasted, t- the test season, which lasted was two, with two years, was am I okay when the growth in my life is all invisible? There's no title, there's no salary, there's no external opportunities. There's simply internal growth where God is preparing me, and the test is, am I okay with that? The winter season is a test. David was anointed king of Israel, and then God made him wait 15 years to actually become king. He's a teenager, and someone comes to him, Uh, The prophet of Samuel comes to him and anoints him king. And maybe he's thinking, I'm just speculating, but maybe he's thinking, okay, this is going to be soon. Saul's going to die soon and, and I'll be able to step into this kingship soon. But what instead he gets faced with is 15 years or thereabouts of waiting. And some of that waiting, Saul is hounding him. David is spending time in international exile. David is spending time in caves, hanging out with, with outlaws, people whom don't actually have proper jobs. So all I've got to do is take up with David. And uh, this is what he says in Psalm 18 during his test time. He says, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. How does he know that? Because he's had to be delivered. He's been placed in the uncomfortable, vulnerable position of having to depend on God for deliverance. He's not writing this from the palace. He says, God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and my horn and my salvation, my stronghold. He knows that this is really true because he's living it. God has called him to a preparation season and he passed the test. King Saul, on the other hand, did not pass the test. There's one particular moment where Saul rallies an army to go against the Philistines quite early on in his kingship. And uh, he's nervous because he turns up. And when he sees the Philistine army, the Bible says that he saw soldiers as numerous as the seashore. Just soldiers everywhere. And uh, Saul in the situation needs the blessing and favor of God. And he understands that he needs the blessing and favor of God. And so what he does is he calls Samuel to come and offer sacrifices. But the problem that Saul faces and the thing that he struggles with is Samuel is slow to come. 
Saul would want Samuel to turn up automatically and just kind of make a beeline for that situation to offer the sacrifices that are required, but Samuel does not. And instead, Saul finds himself in a winter moment, a moment where he has to trust God. And he fails. What instead he chooses to do is not to wait for Samuel, but to offer the sacrifices himself. So Samuel turns up in chapter 13 of 1 Samuel where he says, You have done a foolish thing, Samuel said. You have not kept the command the Lord gave you. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and pointed him ruler of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. It was a winter moment, a preparation moment, where the temptation for Saul was to trade the invisible and intangible power and blessing and grace of God over his life for something he could touch, feel, and imagine, which was his own strength. Will he trade the invisible power of God for visible human strength? And and, and Saul said, yeah, I'll make that trade. So my goal for this message is is really simple. I want to encourage some people because I sense that there are people going through hardship and struggle right now. And you're struggling to find God in the situation. You're wrestling for what it actually means to trust God in a difficult time. And God hasn't seems to have made a way out of that hardship just yet. I want to encourage you that winter seasons are normal. They're a normal part of our natural life and they're a normal part of our spiritual life where God is calling us into more. It might be a period of time that where you're struggling to hear from God as you have in the past. God feels quiet and you're wrestling with what it means to find God in a daily life as, if you, uh, as, as you haven't before. Maybe life for you has shifted And the things that you used to do to be a contributor, to feel productive, you're not able to do anymore. Maybe wages have dropped. Maybe free time uh, to be involved with church and leadership has dropped. Maybe to be on team or to do the things that you wanted to do has dropped. And you're wrestling with what it means to be like that in a season of winter. I want to encourage you that it's a normal experience and it's an experience which God places in our lives to encourage us and to tell us that he is still at work even though we don't see it. It's a winter preparation season. I really felt on my spirit this week that so often the trap that we can fall into is to think that all hardship comes from failure. Just think about that for a moment. We, we buy into this lie that all hardship comes from failure. And so when there's hardship in our lives, we think, I must have done something wrong. I must have failed in some way. If I'm faithful enough to God, if I'm wise enough, then I won't face challenging or hard times. But the winter seasons that God places us into says that is simply not true. That God will lead us in challenging situations for a purpose. And my, my heart is to not to try and explain your pain or to dismiss your tragedy, 
but instead to give you perspective as to God is moving in all things, in all things he's moving. So I want to encourage you today with this first thought that winter seasons are an opportunity for closeness with God. A rhetorical question, I suspect I know the answer to it, but here's the question, when in your life have you felt most close to God? Was it when you had enough of everything you might need? Was it when you felt strongest in yourself, when you had plenty of time, when you, when you were not stretched in any way? Or was it in the moments when God called you to a season where you needed his encouragement day by day just to get through the day? When you needed him right beside you just to do the things that are in your life that you need to do? Which of those two situations was it? Isaiah chapter 43 verse 2 says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. What it means is is that the presence of God is with us in the waters. Isaiah doesn't say uh, when you come to some raging, turbulent waters that are a significant threat to your your health, I'm going to lift you up and you and I, we're going to just kind of coast over the top of those waters and I'll drop you on the other side of the river and everything will be fine. No, no, no. No, He says, I will be with you in the waters. There is closeness with God to, to, to a point that we've not experienced before during the winter season, during the pain. You know, there's one particular moment in my life when um, I faced an injustice, and, uh, and for weeks at a time, I would verbally process with God my disappointment and, um, and heartbreak and anger at the injustice of the situation. And I'd do this at the particular bathroom window in the place I was living years ago, and I'd just kind of speak it out loud, just because that was the place where no one could hear me. <laughs> and I didn't want anyone to hear me, but I'd just speak these things out loud. It was a winter season, but it was an opportunity for deep closeness with God and deep connection with God. I was so gr- I'm so grateful that I had that opportunity. Second thought for you today is that winter seasons are opportunities for closeness with God. Why are you going through this time? It just might be that God wants to draw you into himself to a level that you have not experienced before. The second thought for you is that uh, these are seasons which are perspective shifting. They're perspective shifting. You know, Paul the Apostle, I love it how, how the word of God is always relevant today. And uh, this is a really relevant passage because uh, Paul, the apostle, has been put in prison. And some people in the church, some Christians, use that as an opportunity to grab onto power. And I, I just, I love that even today, 2,000 years on, power-hungry Christians is still a thing. But uh, just, just saying, I'm not, not, no one here, of course, but, you know, it's still a thing. And, uh, and, um, but Paul is facing this. He's been put in prison. He's in a moment of weakness, and someone is using it as an opportunity to grab on to his power. And so this is what he says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 17. He said, The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. Painful, winter, lonely, isolated. 
Verse 18 says, but what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of that, I rejoice. Incredible perspective that can only be born out of pain. Nobody else can say that. You have to be unfairly criticized to be able to say that honestly. And now for 2,000 years or thereabouts since these words have been written, we can be encouraged that in our dark times there is a fresh revelation coming for us that can only be born out of pain. He's saying they're having a go at me. They're belittling me. They're insulting me. But at least they're preaching Christ. And I can rejoice in that fact. It's perspective shifting. I don't know if you know the story of Corrie ten Boom, somebody who's, who, who suffered deeply for Jesus. The story is that Corrie and her family hid Jews from the Nazis during World War II. And they did it on a massive scale. They, they helped save over 800 people. They were arrested in February of 1944. Their whole family was arrested and placed in a concentration camp where Corrie's elderly father died after just 10 days at the camp. Corrie and her sister Betsy were together for much of the imprisonment. And just 10 months later, in December of 1944, Betsy died. And on her deathbed, she told Corrie these words, perspective shifting. This is what she said. There is no pit so deep that God is not deeper still. In a Nazi concentration camp, breathing her last breath, she had a perspective of God that said, no matter what pain those in power try and exert over my life, my God's grace is bigger and greater and more powerful. My God's blessing does not function on what thing is printed on the flag, what government is in power. My God's power is greater than that. Come on, somebody. It's perspective shifting. It's perspective shifting. There is something about the winter seasons of difficulty and deep hardship that reveal things about God that you don't get in any other way. You learn to trust God in those moments. Final thought for you today is is this, is that part of the purpose of a winter season in your life. Again, I'm not trying to explain your tragedy, but trying to give you perspective to see God working in all things, and that it is preparation for what is to come. Because the great news of a winter season is that there's always a spring that comes afterwards. You don't get the exciting new growth of spring without the, without the darkness of winter. You don't get the resurrection of Jesus Christ without the winter of crucifixion. You don't get the inspiration of Scripture without the hardship and the persecution of the apostles. You just don't get it. Paul doesn't write like this if he's from a palace. He doesn't write like this from a position of earthly power. He writes like this because he's in a prison. And there's an urgency. There's an urgency to what the apostles had to do simply because of the season that they found themselves in. A winter season is a preparation season. 
That's why Romans chapter 8, verse 28 tells us that, and we know in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. In all things. And I can just sense in my heart, and maybe it's in yours too, the thought that all things, really, like all things? All things, because I have a, a, a list of a few things which I am yet to see God work in. I'm yet to see good come out of it. But this scripture tells us that if you have not seen good come out of that situation, it means the story is not over. The story is only over when you see God bring resurrection life out of the thing of death in your past. It's only over when you see good come out of it. And and maybe you might only see good or, or learn about good when you're in heaven, but at least It will be enough. The story is not over if you have yet to see good come out of the darkness in your situation. They are preparation seasons. So I just want to invite the band to come. And you might say, Pete, why did did you go to all this effort to bring this specific message today? The the reason is is that I've had this prophetic sense that's stirring in me for months that the church of New Zealand and church in Belfast and us in our private lives, all of the above, have been in a preparation season. I want to declare this prophetically today, and it's all being recorded, and you can hold me to account if it doesn't turn out to be true, but I really believe this is, this is uh, what the Lord is saying, that I believe in my spirit that in the church of New Zealand and here in Belfast is in a preparation season. The last three years have been challenging, And God in his providence has been refining through difficulty his people for a specific purpose. We might not see it, but it's there. Because gold is refined through heat. You can, this is not in my notes, but you can polish gold so that it becomes shiny. But that's a different thing to refining gold. Refining gold boils the the dross out of it. It boils the inconsistencies out of it. You can polish gold and it'll still look nice, but you don't get 18 karat gold without heat. That's what it's meaning when I said, like gold is refined through heat. God has been refining and working in the season. Growth may not have been visible, but it has been internal. And when the time is right, in the next season, we will see a move of God in our nation that has its roots in the faithfulness of His church during this winter season. We'll see a move of God in the season that's coming that has its roots in the faithfulness of His church during this winter season. So as we close, I want to encourage you, don't give up. Don't give up. Your faithfulness in this season is, is, is creating a legacy. Don't give up now. Our church community will see the fruit of your faithfulness during these challenging times. Your family and your marriage will see the fruit of your perseverance through this winter season. It might not be visible yet, but press in and persevere. You will see it. You might not see the good that God is bringing out of the situation, but he is still at work. And his promise is that he will bring good out of every hardship, every difficulty for those who love him. You know, everyone faces winter seasons, but don't waste yours. There is closeness with God at a new level. 
There is revelation from his heart that is just for you. And there is a preparation available to you for something great that is ahead of you. Where you will see good come out of every situation. Would you pray with me today? God, we bring our whole selves to you today. We bring our real selves. The ones who are going through hard times, but keeping up a brave face, we bring those selves to you. And though at times we don't understand what you're doing, we choose today to accept your presence instead of a pain-free existence. Would you lead us and would you teach us so that we would not waste the winter by resisting it, but embrace the season that we're in and find ourselves in turn embracing you. Thank you, God. Thank you for listening to this Elam Church Christchurch podcast. For more information about our church, you can visit www.elamchristchurch.org or connect at one of our services every Sunday at 10 a.m.